0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Twimmel Talk, the podcast where I interview interesting people doing interesting things in machine learning and artificial intelligence. I'm your host, Sam Charrington. This time around, we're doing something special here on the show, and I'm really excited to share it with you. My producer and I spent some time in New York City this week, guests of the fine folks from the Future Labs at NYU Tandon and FF Venture Capital, who are sponsors of this week's show and the organizations behind the NYU FFVC AI Nexus Labs Startup Accelerator Program. You might recall that I mentioned the Future Labs AI Summit last week an event hosted by the AI Nexus Lab to showcase the startups in their first batch, as well as the impressive AI talent in the New York City ecosystem. We attended this event on Wednesday afternoon and had an amazing time. We got to give out a bunch of Twimmel stickers, meet some fans of the show, and check out a great set of speakers. I particularly enjoyed watching AI Luminaries' Gary Marcus and Jan LeCun, both NYU faculty and longtime friends, taking swipes at one another from the stage. It was great. I tweeted some of the highlights, which you can check out by looking me up on Twitter at @samcharrington. Sam We had our mobile studio set up in a backstage dressing room. And over the next few weeks, we'll be sharing some great discussions we had with some of the speakers at the event. But first, we've got a monster of a show for you this week. Direct from the Future Labs incubator space, we spoke with founders from the five companies in the inaugural batch of the AI Nexus Lab program. Hello Vera, Clustera, Behold.ai, Cambrian Intelligence, and Alpha Vertex. These companies are doing some really interesting things, and I think you'll enjoy hearing their stories. We also spent some time chatting with Steve Kuyan, the Managing Director of Future Labs, about what makes the AI Nexus Lab program so special. We're releasing all six of these interviews simultaneously for your binge listening pleasure as TWIM will talk number 18, parts one through five. Before we get started though, if you like what you hear, you might be interested to know that applications are now open for the next AI Nexus Lab cohort. The program gives companies $100,000 in investment capital Four months of customized programming plus three additional months of free space, along with curated mentorship from leading NYU academics and New York City investors, pro bono services from partners like lawyers and designers, plus a paid-for student fellow for the duration of the program. Additionally, each company is partnered with an AI Nexus Lab corporate pilot partner, which in the last cohort included Daimler, Quantopia, and Tough Mudder. The application deadline for the program is coming up quickly. It's May 3rd, and the cohort starts on July 10th. For more details and to apply, visit NexusLab.ai or email hello at futurelabs.nyc with any questions. And now, on to our show. Hello, everyone. This is Sam Charrington from This Week in Machine Learning and AI, and I am live here at the NYU Future Labs Accelerator space, uh, and I'll be talking to several of the companies from the NYU AI Nexus Accelerator. And the first up here is Hello Vera, and I'm here with, uh, the, I'm here with James Fan and Liang Liang Cao. Uh, guys, why don't you say hi?
1: Hi, Sam.
0: Hi, Iran. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about Hello Vera.
1: Yes, uh, Hello Vera. We are applying artificial intelligence technology to the problem of customer service. Um, as you know, customer service is a major pain point for a lot of enterprises. Um, it requires a lot of human agents. It's a very costly operation. Often it costs $2 for a human agent to res- send you an email and $5 to answer a phone call. Um, with all the money spent, customer satisfaction actually is at an all-time low. Um, so last year, I went to talk to Liang and they said, you know what, this is a problem that artificial intelligence can help a lot. Um, you know, what makes humans hate to do this job is this is very repetitive. If you look at the top customer service issues, they're all, almost always the same issues repeating over and over, but that's a perfect fit for, for AI. Because the repetitive nature makes it easy for AI to learn to recognize the patterns in it, and then there's also a lot of data in this domain. Every company keeps track of the previously solved tickets and how human agents have solved the tickets. You know, data is the lifeline of artificial intelligence, right? So there's data. We can use machine learning technology to learn how to resolve it just like a human would. Um, and what's better is when you, once you deploy, you have Additional new data coming in, so the AI technology for customer service will get better and better after it gets deployed.
0: Uh, so you're you're part of this accelerator now. How long have you been doing this?
1: Uh, we started last year, so we just about a year.
0: Okay, uh, and there have been a number of companies going after the customer support. Um, the customer support market um, and trying to apply machine learning and AI uh, everything from startups to you know big companies in a space like Zendesk and others, what is unique about your approach
1: right um, so if you look at the space in this <clears throat> um, there are three type of com- companies there's one type that's doing um, essentially a frequently asked question search type of things mm-hmm. um, you know that has limited capabilities. A second type is a what we call agent assist basically they provide tools to make human agents to do their job more efficiently that's nice but your human agents still the bottleneck um if your human agent go home your customers won't get their questions answered until they come back again um the third type is uh, these chat platforms that if your company have enough uh, technology techies uh, uh, available you can tell them to use the, these chat platform builders to build a chatbot. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's very important to know is most of these chatbots are very script-based. Right. So if you have scripts, then one thing you find out very quickly is once you deploy, customers will never behave the way you imagine they would. They don't follow the script, and then your chatbot just falls apart. Yeah. So our approach is we're taking machine learning data-driven approach. Okay. So it's a lot more robust. Um, And as we have more and more data, it actually gets better and better. And our bot actually is autonomous. It gives answers in real time,
0: instantaneously. Okay. Can you um, tell me a little bit more about that? I mean, I think most people who are doing AI and machine learning would characterize it as data-driven. What specifically are you doing to collect and process this data to uh, make your bot smarter?
1: Yes, uh, we have uh, come up with a proprietary machine learning algorithm um, based on deep learning. It's able to beat a number of um, deep learning-based approaches, state of art deep learning approaches, um, a number of natural language processing tasks, as well as a number of benchmark data sets. Um, our de- de- deep learning pro- program is able to take advantage of, of all, de- all the data for in customer service domain, um, st- even starting with a small number of data but its performance continues to improve as the data gets uh, more and more available
0: hmm uh, how much does how much data does a customer typically need to have to start off with
1: We can start off with very little data. We can start off with just a dozen two dozen instances um, with what's an instance a dozen a dozen or two dozen question answer pairs that's oh, okay and then we are able to start with running and, and produce answers.
0: When you're, So you start with your couple dozen question-answer pairs. As you uh, increase the amount of data, do you also have to increase, are you also increasing labeled uh, data or do you have a way to do kind of online labeling?
1: Right. We, we are actually taking advantage of um, user's response by re- okay. observing user response to infer the, the label uh, automatically. And then we can a, able to take advantage
0: of that. Okay. So you mentioned uh, a bunch of technologies, deep learning, NLP, uh, and others. How does, how does that all fit together to allow you to do all this? <laughs> um, so this is actually, I guess it's fairly obvious to
1: us because we've been working in this space for a long time. Um, my background is in question answering. Okay. Um, Lianlian's background is machine learning. Okay. Um, we met at IBM several years ago. Okay. Uh, as researchers, where you used to be at IBM Research. Um, and here in IBM, New York or uh, in Yorktown, right here, uh, okay. outside of New York. Um, so when I was at IBM, one of the things is. I was um, one of the main leads for this uh, IBM Watson question answering system that um, you may have seen on TV that mm-hmm. beat Ken Jennings at Jeopardy. Okay. Um, so I've been working in this uh, question answering domain for a long time. So one of the things for us, for, in order to solve customer service issues, you need to re- figure out what customer wants, understand what customer wants. And the delivered answer they were looking for. So in order to do that, you need to use a variety of natural language processing techniques, as well as using machine learning techniques to recognize, understand what customers' needs are, and to figure out the right answer.
0: Mm-hmm. And so uh, let's take uh, one of those deep learning, for example. How exactly are you um, does deep learning play into what you do?
1: Yes, so deep learning is very nice in terms of what can take full advantage of all the available data to deliver a high performance. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, you know, in customer service, you can actually get quite a bit of data compared to a lot of other natural language processing tasks. Mm-hmm. Uh, often you can have um, supervised data based on the prior approach, and we are taking full advantage using deep learning
0: to uh, deliver a better performance. Mm-hmm. And so did you, did you base your deep learning models based on, um, you know, some of the contemporary industry research, or did you develop them all from scratch? What helped you get to where you are now? Um, we are researchers, so we are very familiar with
1: the latest trends in the research community, latest mm-hmm. uh, works. Um, the specific uh, deep learning approach is uh, what we have come up on our own, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there are a lot, a, lot, a lot of things we can say about deep learning. Probably the time is not limited. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, well, let's, let's yeah, get just started. Just, yeah, I'm, just self-promoting. Uh, I have a class teaching. I'm teaching a class at Columbia University on deep learning. All the slides are online, so welcome to have a check.
0: Okay. <laughs> a, a Columbia class, what's the name of the class?
1: Uh, the deep learning for uh, language, speech, and innovation.
0: And innovation? Con- con- vision. Con- vision. And vision. Vision, language, can- language speech, vision. and vision. Got it, got it. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm probing a little bit into how you guys are using deep learning because I find that the, that listeners want like stuff that they can go and apply. What would you tell folks that want to apply deep learning to building their own, you know, speech models, um, and, um, maybe even applying it to customer service? What have you learned that someone else could go, uh, use? Right. So, um, I don't know about speech in
1: particular, but mm-hmm. for natural language processing, the key issue is uh, sparsity. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, you tend to have a very high dimensional, sparse uh, space you are working in. Mm-hmm. And uh, you want to use deep learning um, you want to reduce this dimension, high dimension. Often you have million dimension, mm-hmm. highly sp- sparse um, features. You want to reduce it into a lower dimension, dense feature space that mm-hmm. makes that can take advantage of um, other aspects of deep
0: learning easily. And what are the features uh, in the space that you guys are working in?
1: Uh, we use a variety of uh, those features. We actually tend to get extremely sparse, high dimension features. Mm-hmm. Um, Typically, it's a word, phrase, uh, other linguistic features, et cetera, et cetera.
0: And any particular techniques that you're using for the dimensionality reduction?
1: Um, we are using our own proprietary uh, projection technique okay. for
0: dimension reduction. Okay. And so how about on the NLP side of things? Um, anything interesting you can share about your approach uh, on the, with NLP?
1: One thing I can mention is, um, in order to, um, a lot of time you have, you, you want to start, you want to have a co-start. A co-start is very important. Mm -hmm. Um, what it means co-start is if you have limited uh, amount of data. Right. Uh, you still want to use a deep learning approach. Mm -hmm. Um, a co-start can give you high performance even with limited amount of data.
0: And so to achieve uh, the ability to do a cold start, are you using transfer learning, or are there other techniques that, that you're taking advantage of?
1: Um, yeah, we, that's one of those, um, the core technology we have. It's a proprietary uh, machine learning technique that actually can do cold start very well.
0: Okay. Okay. Tell me where you are uh, as a company and where the product is as a company. Are you generally available? Um, so our customers
1: are large enterprises. Um, usually, we talk to customer service directors in, in large enterprises. Okay. We currently have two pilot partners we work with, okay. uh, and then we previously licensed our technology to a Fortune 500 company okay. for their in-house uh, intelligent agent development.
0: Okay. And what can you what can you say about the kind of the process for going into a new customer? Um when you you know, they, they say, Hey, this sounds great, we want to deploy this. What does that look like? What do they have to do?
1: Actually we make this process really simple. We okay. we go give them a demo, we by the time we talk to them we already have a demo using their data. Okay. Their publicly available data up and running, so they can interact with a agent bot for their domain. By the time we walk in the door
0: what does that mean they're publicly available data most um, companies don't have like their support all well, they do so, think online, about, do so they? for
1: example think about their tweets ah okay they they um they, a lot of companies provide customer service Absolutely, through Twitter, right and that data is public okay and we can show how would agent behave on tweets based on their existing human agent tweets okay um, so then we already have something by the time we walk in the door. And, of course, uh, that's just a start. Right. right. We ha- if we have more data from them, uh, do deeper integration, our AI technology can do a lot more. Okay.
0: And the AI will become smarter and smarter once it learn to interact with customer and agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, how well does... Are there any issues associated with transferring uh, or you know built training a model on social data and then sending it off to to go after emails does it transfer very well or are um, there tricks that you need so, to play so to, there
1: is a little bit um the language usage uh right. if you will right if you look at the the way people write tweets the english is slightly different from the way they write emails mm-hmm. and you can even say um if people are on the mobile platform, then they tend to use uh, shorthands mm. for words that you otherwise wouldn't say in, um, if you're typing out on a full-size keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, yes, we will be able to handle this.
0: Uh, so you go in, you are able to demonstrate some value to them up front based on the, the social interactions, and then they say, let's do this, and they want to uh, pull in you know, more of their proprietary data. Are they, are you um, able to hook up to their existing systems and what systems are those? Are those email or are they something like a Zendesk or a support system or?
1: Right. So we do have this uh, seamless integration with uh, existing ticketing systems they have, whether that's Zendesk, Salesforce, or uh, Oracle or any other ticketing system.
0: So that Mm -hmm. makes it very easy for them to integrate with uh, our system. Mm Mm-hmm. And then do they have to uh, do you have some kind of console that they use to label and tag different uh, interactions, or does the the system do it all for them? So we provide a dashboard which gives them a um,
1: thirty thousand feet overview of how things are going. Mm-hmm. They can look at how many tickets are coming in, how many tickets are resolved, where the tickets are coming from, etc, cetera, etc, cetera. and they can uh, learn about what are the tickets that's not being resolved, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm.
0: And do you, uh, I I imagine that I'm thinking of like a kind of, you have all these tickets, right? You have some that are being resolved and um, are you showing them, is the system able to figure out uh, and display confidence levels? Like, you know, we're pretty sure we nailed these, these, and not so sure. How does that is that just displayed on the dashboard yeah, so
1: we they can sort by the the confidence they can okay. sort by the time they can sort by a number of these criteria they can do the filtering to uh, to run report look at the tickets mm-hmm. um, there are a number of ways for them to um to
0: to check to run analytics on on their um, system mm-hmm. and then I would imagine uh if you're doing this at scale, another thing that would be important is um for the the things that you don't that you haven't been able to resolve correlating them so that you know we've got you know a thousand things here that we had no ability to help out with but we think that you know these 200 are all kind of about the same thing is, is that something that you guys yeah that that's a great idea that's exactly the direction we are heading as well okay yeah
1: Maybe you should work with us. <laughs> you can <laughs> contribute to. to, to but our what program. other what
0: are the other things that that you know on that topic? What are the things that are you know either on your roadmap or more generally things that you think this space needs to evolve to be able to do in order to fully realize the vision for customers?
1: Yeah, so I think um, I think we are in, in the right space. Our claim is we think this space that we'll see more and more issues automatically resolved by AI. Mm-hmm. Imagine 10 years from now, I'll say overwhelming majority of customer service requests will be automatically responded mm-hmm. immediately, only when you have rare cases that requires human attention and it will take a little bit longer for mm-hmm. human to come back. And the, that, that's... That's across multiple channels. It's not just email, but also chat, social media, texting, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Mm -hmm. Hmm. Uh, How did you, of all the things that you could have applied your backgrounds to, um, you know, deep learning, NLP, all that stuff is super hot. How'd you come up with customer service? (laughs) So here's here's a
1: story. Um, There's always a story. Yes, Yes, there's always a story, right? Um I bought this CPU from New Egg and the New Egg <laughs> has this price matching policy. Okay. Right? So the price dropped. So I called them, I was on hold, and then I talked to the agent. Uh-huh. But that wasn't the first time I do this. I've done this before, this price price matching on new egg before. So I know exactly the set of questions they ask and exactly how this process works. Okay. So as I was going through this, I was I was on hold and I realized, you know. As annoying as it is for me, that agent on the other side, he probably even more annoyed because <laughs> every day he's going through the same process over and over. And that's something AI must be able to do. Mm-hmm. So that's when I thought, hey, maybe hey, I want to talk about Hey, maybe that's something we should use AI to, to, to resolve, address this pain point.
0: Nice, nice. Um, tell me a little bit about um, you know, one of the things that companies that are, um, you know, marketing AI technologies to, um, lines of business like support, you know, have to grapple with this issue of, are we, you know, replacing people, you know, augmenting people, you know, what are the kinds of questions that your customers are asking and how do you help them think through, you know, what the role of AI within, um, you know, with automation in these kinds of environments? Yeah, so
1: our clients, their number one concern is customer satisfaction, mm-hmm. and, um, and our goals are aligned. Our goal is to improve customer satisfaction. Mm-hmm. If you look at the customer service, if you can get a 24-hour response time for email, that's considered good. Mm-hmm. And uh, only less than half the company can achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. By having AI there, we can reduce the response time significantly and improving the customer satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the agent point of view, what we're doing is actually making their jobs more interesting instead mm-hmm. of doing the same thing over and over. They get to do things different and more um, more difficult, more challenging customer mm-hmm. service issues, making it uh, a meaningful job for those so it can make, deliver customer satisfaction mm-hmm. to end customers.
0: Okay. So the reason why that the response times are so slow because they don't have enough and they can't afford enough customer support people so if you can help them use those people more effectively then it's a win-win for everybody yeah exactly right uh anything else you'd like to add or uh how can folks you know find you and learn more
1: i'll check our website hellovera.ai um and if you're available come to our uh,
0: demo day tomorrow wednesday wednesday Wednesday. okay great Awesome. Well, thanks, James. Thanks, young um, thank you. Sam. Great. All right, everyone. That's our show for today. Once again, thanks so much for listening and for your continued support. A huge, huge thanks to our sponsors this week, future labs at NYU Tandon and FF venture capital. Don't forget that the application deadline for the next batch of AI nexus lab companies is coming up quickly. Visit NexusLab.ai to learn more or apply, or email hello at futurelabs.nyc with any questions. And of course, don't forget to share your favorite quotes from this week's interviews to receive a Twimmel sticker. We're starting to get pictures back from folks who are proudly displaying them on their laptops and they look amazing. You can get yours by sharing your favorite quote via the show notes page, via Twitter, via our Facebook page, or via a comment on YouTube or SoundCloud. The notes for this show will be up on twimla.com slash Nexus lab, where you'll find a playlist with all of the individual interviews and links to all of the people, companies, and resources mentioned in the show. Once again, thanks so much and catch you next time.